0: Welcome everyone to Force of Nature podcast. I'm your host Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host David Bodcher. Terrific! We are back from our one week absence. Sorry that there was no episode last week, but Dave, did you have a good time in Disneyland? Yeah,
1: we did. Yeah. yeah. Did you do anything different than the normal? Um, yeah, we were in rain. Well, it was a rain. It was <laughs> raining there for like yeah, a day. Yeah, it, or... it rained a day there. Yeah, it was rained pretty good. Did that cut the lines yeah. down? No. You no? think it would, but. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's too many people there like us now, so just <laughs> doesn't work out as well.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, uh, this week, uh, this episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, I was originally doing research on the leopard seal and researching Antarctica, and I just thought, you know, I don't know a ton about Antarctica. Uh, I feel like it's kind of a forgotten. It's kind of forgotten about, and it just get, and it gets mixed up with the Arctic in the north. Easily, um, especially the whole polar bear penguin thing that yeah. I'm
1: still on, it, so yeah. it still bothers me. Yeah. Well, it was pushed away to the corner of the world, you know.
0: Nobody cares. <laughs> so, so that's why I kind of chose this. Uh, we will be covering a lot of cool information this week about Antarctica, uh, and I have a really cool story to end on as well. Oh, okay. Uh, we also hope everyone enjoyed the last episode about Kesagaki. The murderous bear in Japan—that was a cool story. Yeah. Uh, in fact, our bear episodes went over pretty well. The polar bear episode is already in fourth place for episodes with the most hits. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then the all about bears episode is in fifth place. Nice. Oh so yeah, that's pretty cool. Our bear episodes were a hit. Yeah. Uh, and like always, we have uh, Colonel Cheetor with with us. How you doing today, buddy? I run fast, really fast. Oh well, thanks for that again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and as, as always, we want to thank all of our listeners. We really appreciate it, and we love knowing that you're there. Uh, if you enjoy the show and you want to contribute to the show, what you can do is go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use. Give us a review. Give us five stars. Say something you like about the show. It really helps us get noticed and gain more attention, so please do that for us if you can. And if you do give us a review, we will give you a shout-out. We do have a shout-out this week. Oh, hey. A, it's a really good one, too. And hopefully we can get some more shout-outs and some super shout-outs as well. Super shout-outs go to anybody who uh, donates to the show and becomes a producer for us. So please do that if you can. Um, you know, before we get to the episode, Dave, I wanted to add a, a new segment to the show. Okay. Uh, Dave has Dave has a really nice globe that we put into the studio now. And it, it's going to help me show Dave where things are during episodes. And each week, Dave, Dave, I want you to pick a random, obscure country, and I have to find it on the globe. Okay. This is really mostly to show off and put over how great I am at geography. <laughs> but, uh, okay, do you have the country? Yes. Okay, what is it?
1: I tell you the name right now. You tell me the name. Okay, and let me spin the globe so you don't know. <laughs> it's a, sorry if you hear the squeaks. We need to put some WD-40 on that globe or it's something. It's a globe spinning, yeah. All right. It makes that sound in space. You didn't know that. Did you? No, I'm just kidding. That's really, okay. Okay, the name of it is Kiribati. Boom. Oh, look how big the lettering is for that on the well, It's a country. It's the
0: smallest country.
1: <laughs> it's, I know. Well, not the smallest. Look at that. How long did that take me, Dave? <laughs> That's funny. That was quick.
0: That was like two or three seconds. Good job. I knew exactly where it was. So tell them where it is. Tell us. Oh, okay, time. yeah. So it is in the Pacific Ocean, just kind of under the um, equator. And it's in, like, there's tons of small islands around this area. Uh, But, yeah, it I can't even remember which islands it is exactly. But, yeah, it's right there. It is in the South Pacific. Australia is, it's not that close to Australia. It's kind of close to Fiji. Yeah. On the maps. Fiji's right there. So it's in this cluster of islands that are right there.
1: Funny thing I liked about it, noted about it, is that it's just a collection of islands and all the collection of them is less than the state is about the state of New York but wait what? They, all the collection of islands equal about the size of the state of New York
0: oh like Put in together. this area or Caribbean how do you, what's Caribbean that's i don't know how to say it properly that's how do you say it oh Kiribati? caribody <laughs> okay
1: Yeah, i don't know how to mean, say it but i know that islands if they were lumped together would would be about the size of New York which islands there're a bunch of them Maybe that's why the lettering's so big. But the thing is, is that they take up six hundred. I think they said no. Well, yeah, it's like six hundred miles long mm-hmm. from one island from the furthest the mo- island uh, on each end. That's a lot. So <laughs> they take up a, a big area, even though the islands themselves are smaller teeny than New York. Tiny, yeah, that's right. And they say the main island shrinking. So a lot of them are are bailing out. Do to you mean London, York New York or Zealand. Rhode Island? New York, because New York's pretty big. Yeah, well, it's a bunch of islands. Okay, okay. But So, all together, that's the whole country. Okay, I see. Yeah. But, but they take up... Uh, they take up a lot more space. Yeah. I get what you mean. There's a lot yeah. of
0: in-between space. Yeah. Okay. Well, are you impressed on how quick that was? Yeah, that was quick. Well, maybe you can get me next week. <laughs> Darn. Oh, so I'll get you some week. <laughs> all right, so let's get going with the episode now. Uh, Let's get into it. The forgotten about continent and uh, the most hostile place on Earth, too. Antarctica is uh, the most southern continent on the planet, obviously because the South Pole is there. Uh, It is actually the fifth largest continent. Uh, I hope everyone knows that there are seven continents. Uh, let's let's just go over it real quick as a reminder, just to let everybody remember <laughs> what they learned back in elementary school. Hopefully, hey,
1: we might have elementary listeners. You never know. Right? You never.
0: Know. <laughs> and so let's go over them all. We'll go from uh, largest to smallest. So the largest one is Asia, and it's just over 17 million square miles. And then second is Africa, which is almost 12 million square miles. Third is North America, 9 million square miles, then South America at uh, almost 7 million square miles, and then Antarctica, five and a half million square miles, and then Europe, four million square miles. Australia is actually the smallest continent at 3 million square miles. Mm. I was actually I honestly didn't know how big Antarctica really is. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to think that that nobody really lives there. <laughs> Nobody's like a permanent resident there or anything, and it is—it's not a country either. Antarctica is not a country. No countries have authority over it. I'll—I'll um, I'll hit more on that later. Um, it's believed that Antarctica was once further north and had a subtropical climate, well, and then you know, yeah, with, uh, an with abundance
1: and all that. Yeah, yeah,
0: with an abundance of uh, forests and life there. I think that, that's like millions and millions of years ago, though. I don't know okay. exactly how long, but uh, let's tackle a bit of the history of Antarctica. The ancient Greeks even thought there was a great continent in the southern hemisphere. Aristotle argued that since the world is round, there must be a land mass in the southern hemisphere to balance the land in the north. However, the Greeks were never able to prove this. It wasn't until the 18th century, so 1700s, that Europeans had the navigation skills to explore the Antarctic region. In 1772, Captain Cook...
1: Now, does that name? Yeah. It, mm-hmm. the,
0: what do you know about him? Anything? Well,
1: he yeah he's the one that went down there, had an expedition down in in uh, Antarctica, and that's why a lot of the stuff's named after. There him. There
0: is some things named after there. So, but is he's actually most well he's a British explorer who and is actually most famous for being the the first European to Hawaii. Oh, okay. That's kind of what he's mostly famous for. Nice. But in 1772, he went on an expedition to the southern hemisphere. He became the first person to cross the. Antarctic Circle, which is like a latitude longitude marker. It's this. So I'm going to show you on the globe. Okay. It's this uh, 60 degree marker. Oh, okay. It is considered uh, the Antarctic region. Okay. And uh, however, Captain Cook never actually saw the continent. Huh. So at just this, just the ice. <laughs> I don't I don't know exactly what he saw. Maybe some islands near what. A lot of people discover. Well, he's got he's got a point named after him, doesn't he? I'm not 100 percent sure. It? Maybe he does. Oh, well. But um, uh, at this time, Antarctica is well. Nobody's actually ever even seen Antarctica yet. There's, nobody's ever seen this big continent, and it's not kind of nuts. Yeah, if you think about it, uh, and there are obviously no indigenous people in Antarctica, so there's nobody in the world that we know of has ever seen it. And so at this point, it is still just a hypothetical continent that people think might exist. And it didn't go by the name Antarctica. It was actually called Terra Australis. Oh, interesting. Which means land of the south. Then in the early 1800s, Australia adopted this name since it was the furthest southern continent known to exist. Oh, right on. And before this, Australia was actually named New Holland, by oh, Europeans.
1: interesting.
0: Europeans like to name things new and then add like a place where they're from. Yeah. Like even um, New York, it used to be named, like New York City, it used to be named New Amsterdam. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Not a lot of uh, creativity in their naming. <laughs> Where's the red light district? <laughs> so the first man to actually see the continent was in 1820. He was... On a Russian expedition, the man's name, now this guy this guy's got quite the name, Fabian Gottlieb von Billingshausen. Wow. Thirty-one letters in his name. Oh I count my it. goodness. That's that's too many letters. <laughs> he must be important. <laughs> but he became the first explorer to officially discover and see this lost continent. Hmm. Now, over the next 80 years, there were several more expeditions sent for research purposes, as well as some for uh, whaling and sealing. Mm -hmm. Uh, The name Antarctica wasn't officially used until the 1890s. And what Antarctica actually means is opposite to the north. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's what it officially means. Interesting. Um, one notable expedition was the British Antarctic Expedition in 1898 to 1900, also known as the Southern Cross Expedition. It lasted two years. Uh, this expedition was the first to spend a whole winter there. Oh, wow. Can you imagine how that was for them? How, what in the world? Yeah. But they proved it was possible to survive there. And they <laughs> were... they were <laughs> With one guy left. No, yeah, they I were know. also the... First team to make or to bring dogs there with them. Oh. And the story that I'm going to tell is a tale of another expedition. Oh, okay. That's going to be at the end of the episode. Okay. So many nations sent their own expedition uh, teams over the years, uh, each accomplishing different things like this nation found this island and this nation found another island and stuff like that. Um, The first man to fly a plane over part of the continent was an Australian named George Wilkins in 1928. But the first man to fly over the South Pole was American Richard Richard Bird in 1929. Now, the first woman to step foot on the uh, on the continent was a Norwegian woman named Caroline Mickelson in 1935. Wow! So it took a, it took a while for a woman to go to Antarctica. I guess uh, the first person to be born on Antarctica was an Argentinian man on January seventh, nineteen seventy eight,
1: and he is actually still alive today. Wow, that's crazy! <laughs> yeah, uh, but since several How would you years- like to have that as as your on your birth uh, certificate? Like Antarctica? Right, fill the only this person. Form, uh, Where were you born? Antarctica? <laughs> Get out. <laughs>
0: That'd be kind of funny. Uh, But since several nations were laying claim to parts of the continent, in 1961, the Antarctic Treaty System was established. And what this treaty did was set Antarctica as a scientific preserve, uh, establishes freedom of scientific investigation, and bans military activity on the continent.
1: Yeah, What year was that again? 61. 61, okay. Yeah, I remember in World War II, Britain tried to set up a base there. Didn't work out very well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think the Nazis did too. Yeah, there's there's something. I didn't read too much into it, but I saw
0: that they tried to do something there. That sounds about right.
1: Yeah.
0: But in 1961, there were 12 nations that were a part of this treaty Uh, them being Argentina, Australia, Belgium, Chile, France, Japan, New Zealand, Norway, South Africa the Soviet Union, the UK and the US. And as of 2015, there are now 53 nations a part of this treaty. So that's kind of our history portion. Uh, And we are barely scratching the surface here on it. Um, And obviously there, there's so much more to it, but we, uh, we have other things to talk about. Okay. So let's kind of go over the geography and the climate now. So Antarctica has the highest average, elevation of all the continents, and is all, um, also the coldest, driest, and windiest continent. Wow. About 98% of Antarctica is covered by ice that averages over a mile in thickness. Jeez. So this is kind of why the elevation is so high, because the ice is so ho- stacked yeah. up. And uh, do you remember how many feet are in a mile, Dave? 43,560.
1: Close. It's 52. It's 5,280. In a mile? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking... <laughs> sorry. I was thinking the wrong thing. My mind was on appraisal stuff. <laughs> was, that's how many feet or, uh, square feet in an acre. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> that, that's fair enough. You've
0: been at work all day.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. But yeah, that makes... So it's actually a polar desert. Average precipitation of... Oh, only around 8 inches along parts of the coast and far less inland. It has the same effect as the North Pole in that during the summer, it doesn't get dark. And in the winter, it is completely dark. Uh, but remember, in the Southern Hemisphere, the winter is during our summer, so it switches.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: the Earth's rotation causes it to be totally dark in Antarctica, while it would be totally light in the North Pole. Uh, and, you know, vice versa.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you, you know, my buddy Chris, yeah. who's in uh, New Zealand right now, is talking to him and he says that there's about a little over a month left of their summer right now.
1: Oh, wow. Um,
0: and we're like, oh, hopefully this winter ends. That's Run probably what in, a, right a lot on, of America is wanting right now is this winter to end, especially up in the Northeast when they had that. Oh, yeah. They had a big time. It was like Antarctic weather up
1: <laughs> oh, that in is the crazy. Northeast in and yeah.
0: in the King Canada as well. Yeah. I know it's been snowing pretty good here as well. Yeah, we when had Salt a big storm, storm come we through. We just had a
1: big storm. Yeah, so
0: Antarctica put a dump on us, I guess. <laughs> so Antarctica is actually divided into two er- into two areas by uh, trans- trans-Antarctic mountains. I'll kind of show you what I mean okay. th- right through here. And um, that runs through like a third of the continent, making um, east and west Antarctica. The east being like two thirds of the continent. So the peninsula kind of runs through that area. So about two thirds of it is the east. Okay. But there are several other mountain ranges as well. The highest peak is called Windsor Massif and is over 16,000 feet. Uh, You know what Utah's highest elevation is, Dave? Utah's is 13 something. Yeah, 13 and a half. uh, Kings Peak. Here. And to put that into perspective, Mount Everest is at twenty nine thousand feet. That's crazy. Yeah. So Antarctica doesn't have the tallest peaks, but has still has the highest average elevation for a continent. Mm. And there are actually volcanoes there too. Uh, several extinct ones and two act two known active ones. One of them is very interesting as it's located underneath the ice. Oh, wow. Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah. And it's on a northern island called Deception Island. Oh. That's a pretty good name for it. Yeah. Uh, the other is Mount Erebus, and is the southernmost active volcano in the world. It's right around here. Oh, cool.
1: Or, no, by sorry, the it's, oh. there it is. Oh, okay. Mount Erebus It's
0: in part of the Ross Ice Shelf. Okay. Which will come up in our story. Uh, Antarctica is also uh, known to have 70 lakes that lie below the base of the continental ice sheet. Uh, the largest one being Lake Vostok. It's a freshwater lake buried under two and a half miles of ice. Hmm. And it's about the same size as Lake Ontario. Oh, okay. Here. To, <laughs> to give United you States, a, yeah. an idea, let me show you on this new globe, squeaky globe. It's right there. Wow. So, that's a pretty good-sized lake. And uh, there's actually evidence that the lake's waters contain microscopic life. Scientists can use water samples to learn about how these minuscule creatures survive in such a harsh environment. And this could even give researchers an idea of how life might survive on other planets, such as, like, below the ice found on Mars. Oh, okay, yeah. And the continent as a whole contains about 90% of uh, all freshwater ice and around 70% of the total freshwater on Earth. Crazy. Uh, Scientists say that if, say, all the ice in Antarctica melted, sea levels would rise by 200
1: feet. Wow. I got something on that, though. Okay. There's also the scientific theory that all of that ice in the poles... North pole? Um, is he- yeah, North and South. Okay, but mainly South is heavy, and so it's pushing the plates down. Yeah. Really? So when it, as it melts, they'll also be lifted, <laughs> and so the water displacement oh. isn't going to be like the same as it is now. It's not like everything's going to right going to be flooded. Some of those plates are going to kind of rise okay. back up because it'll be like, phew, you know, <laughs> got all that weight off of us, but. Uh, that, so the so yeah like the small islands things like that if they're on a plate that's not gonna you know that's already oh fine, I see I see what you they mean. can get drowned whereas other ones I maybe, guess you know, yeah. they'll rise we're not plate tectonic experts, it. experts but. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, it was in, yeah it's interesting though how how that works but yeah that is a ton of, of water, water yeah so in 2010 researchers
0: discovered a natural rift. That could be the size of the Grand Canyon
1: mm. and
0: believe to even go deeper than that. It's all just covered up. Wow. With ice. Um, let's get into the climate a bit more now. Um, as I said, Antarctica is the coldest and driest and windiest continent. It's, it's a frozen desert. And I, I actually previously thought that the Atacama Desert was the driest place on Earth. But it's actually parts of Antarctica. Oh, okay. Do you know which desert I'm talking about? Ataconda? No. So it's in South America, right around here in Chile. Oh, okay. Uh, I can't remember which side. I think it's this side. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's supposed—that's like one of the driest places on Earth. But there's parts of Antarctica that are even drier. Wow. Um, and especially in the middle, mostly in the middle of the continent, there is very little to no precipitation at all. Um, but however, heavy snowfalls are common on the coastal portion, though. Uh, the precipitation is almost always snow. Um, it's been recorded to... There's been recordings of uh, 48 inches of snow in just 48 hours before. See. Um, especially on the peninsula portion. Showing you on the map again. Like this this part
1: right oh, here. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, if they ever inhabit that area, the skiers would be like, Yes! Yes! <laughs> Temperatures vary a bit,
0: and you know temperatures vary a bit from location to location. But it's pretty much always, almost always below zero degrees.
1: Yeah, isn't it an average of like fifty below
0: in some in some areas, like okay. the more of the interior? Um, summer months are warmer, and temperatures often temperatures can get around to 20, 20 degrees to twenty below on some of the coastal areas. Mm. Uh, that's pretty typical. Uh, the interior, though, is much colder and we can average at like a negative fifty almost all the time Gee. in the summertime. Um, east Antarctica is much colder than the west due to the higher elevation. Oh, okay. And the
1: lowest temperature ever recorded. Wait how do you how do you do east and west on there? <laughs> remember, it's, it's it's on a pole. Let's see. That's just Season they did Meridian. it by the mountain range here, Dave. Oh, okay. Remember I showed you?
0: I can't remember exactly how it goes. Okay. But this is the east. Okay. So, um, the lowest temperature ever recorded, you want to take a guess? Uh, 196 below? Not quite. Oh. Uh, Negative 144. Oh, I was way off. Which is believed to be about as cold as it can possibly get in our corner of the solar system. Wow. Uh, This was a recent measurement that crushed the previous record of... Negative 128, made in 1983 at the Russian Vostok station, uh, not far from the South Pole. Hmm. And it this depends on how you measure. Like, the satellites measure differently. Uh-huh. And like, oh, okay. There's, like, a few feet. Like, you have to measure in the air, like, six feet high to get the proper temperature. Oh. So there's things like that involved. But um, humans can't inhale air that cold for more than a few breaths. It would cause our lungs to, like, hemorrhage. Ooh. Uh, and also, there is uh, there is pretty much zero humidity all over the continent. Yeah. So the air is extremely cold and hard to breathe anyway. So the highest temperature ever recorded at the South Pole, obviously that's the South Pole, mm-hmm. uh, was ten degrees <laughs> in December two thousand eleven. It's ten degrees. It's <laughs> a <balmy> ten degrees at <laughs> South Pole here. Um, along the Antarctic Peninsula, so up here, uh, temperatures have reached. Uh, fifty nine degrees. Wow, the peninsula. Actually, go outside. <laughs> yeah, the peninsula. Peninsula is the furthest northern part of the continent, and not too far away from the coast of Chile and Argentina, uh, but still under the sixty degree Antarctic mark. So, along with being the coldest place on Earth, Antarctica also has the strongest winds, wind speeds between sixty five and one hundred twenty five miles per hour are not uncommon and can even exceed 185 mile an hour with gusts over 220 miles an hour. It's like Ooh, hurricane wow. force winds. And so you could add the wind to the cold air. See, um, it, it would make it feel even colder.
1: <laughs> you know,
0: it's just extremely hard to survive there. Um, high winds are so common that they average on an average, like 30 month, um, 30 days in a month, uh-huh. 11 of those days, it's gonna be windy. Like, wow. Those, like, 65 degree winds. And, and the winds being the worst during the winter. How's that sound, Dave?
1: No, not fun. No.
0: <laughs> and I actually looked at what the weather was like yesterday. You wanna know what the weather was like yesterday there? Yeah. Most of the coastal regions were right around 20 degrees. Mm. Ah, it's not terrible. Remember, it's still summer there. Uh, and the further inland uh, you go, the colder it got. The low for yesterday uh, near the South Pole was at negative thirty. Mm. And summertime is over though. winter is coming. <laughs> and so this is an extremely harsh place and you you might wonder what kind of wildlife would live there. Let's go over that now. okay. So Antarctica's most famous inhabitants are, Penguins. Penguins, of course. Everybody loves penguins. How could you not? Yeah. They're adorable. Um, species that live there are gentoo penguins, chinstrap penguins, adelie penguins, king penguins, and the emperor penguins, which are the largest, which is the largest penguin species. Uh, I, I, are some, They're a lot bigger than I thought they were, dude. Emperor penguins are actually. Um, they can get up to four feet tall. Wow. And they they can weigh from 50 to 100 pounds. Like, that's not a small animal. You don't picture penguins being that big. No. That's like like a child, an eight-year-old child. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. I remember... I remember thinking that. Remember the movie Batman Returns with the penguin, uh-huh. and he had all those pet penguins. Oh yeah! And I remember seeing like, yeah, like one penguin or something. You know? But no, there was there was um, at the end when Penguin dies, they're like the emperor penguins bring him up. I was like, oh yeah, damn, those penguins are huge. And I, I guess that <laughs> movie was fairly accurate. Yeah. And I don't know when we'll ever um, get to talking about penguins again. So let's go over a few more fun facts about the emperor penguins. Uh, They are the only penguins to breed during Antarctic winter, and they trek uh, miles and miles over the ice to reach breeding colonies, which can range from a few hundred individuals to several thousand individuals. Some colonies get so big that they can be seen from space satellites. Wow. Uh, They are fairly easy to spot, too, because uh, ice around them turns into this pink color from their poop. <laughs> it really. I saw. I saw a couple images, mm-hmm. and it, this goes with well, other, at least they're leaving it pretty. <laughs> and it's the same goes with um, other species, other penguin species as well. Huh. Uh, but they are built for the cold, with you know they got the fat reserves mm-hmm. similar to seals, uh, and whales to keep their body heat inside. Yeah, and if it gets really cold and windy, uh, they will even huddle together to keep warm.
1: It's it's kind of cute to see them. <laughs> Did you ever watch uh, March of the Penguins? No, I didn't. That was pretty good. You should see it. I yeah, thought it's, pretty, it's good. Is it? Yeah. Do you know what penguins you, they followed with the emperor? Yeah, I think they were. Yeah,
0: wasn't Morgan Freeman? Hmm. I thought.
1: Yeah, it was really good. I think you'd like that one. I want to check but it yeah, out. But yeah, it's so crazy to think something like that just lives in you know lives in that cold weather. Even though it's got fat, I don't. Even though that it does, <laughs> I just don't see how it could do it. Well, it, it does. It's it. So weird. It does it. I mean, those they, little things are tougher than me. Then <laughs>
0: that's not. Yeah, that's with the cold. That's not <laughs> hard to do. <laughs> and they obviously live on the coastal regions and only go inland to breed. And they they have very interesting breeding habits too. Maybe you knew this, but uh, once the once they pick a mate uh, and breed, the female will lay a single egg. Then the male is responsible for the incubation of the egg.
1: Yeah.
0: And the female then uh, goes off to the sea to feed. And the male carefully looks after the egg for, like, two months until the fluffy little chick hatches. By then, the female has returned, and they will, like, switch places. And then now the male goes out to
1: feed, and she watches the chick. Really interesting, huh? Yeah. They showed that on the 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 March March of the Penguins. Yeah. And it's funny, because it takes them months to do Mm -hmm. this feeding. So... He's on the egg for that amount of time, and when she comes back, he is puny. Yeah, he's probably lost <laughs> a ton of weight. Yeah, and then she's just huge, you know. <laughs> so then she comes back and feeds him, and then he's got to trek all the way back. Yeah. Man, it's just
0: yeah. what a crazy, it's an insane, life. insane lifestyle. Yeah. Huh? Um, and when they are at sea, what they they feed primarily on small fish, crustaceans, and even squid. Uh, and they are excellent divers, too. And they are able to hold their breath for around 18 minutes. Wow. And can dive down um, 1,500
1: feet underwater. Oh that was a
0: surprising number for me. But Ooh, uh, yeah. And I looked up like, a couple places said something like that, too. So it's true. Gee.
1: Yeah, I don't think the cameras
0: will be following them there. No, definitely not. Oh, and they, they uh, can live up to around 20 to 30 years. And they rank at a 6 out of 7 on our conservation scale. Oh, okay. So, near threatened is what they are. Hmm. But uh, Emperor Penguin is pretty impressive animal, isn't it? Yeah. I like them. Um, let's find out what other wildlife there is. There are several seal species, including Weddell Seals, Southern Fur Seal, Crab Eater Seal. Bet you can't guess what they eat. Crabs? <laughs> and then we have a Southern Elephant Seal which are huge. Those guys are big. Then of course, the leopard seal, which we are going to cover next week. Guess what they eat.
1: Leopards. No, i just kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, we're going to cover uh, leopard seals next week. Okay. And um, then there, there's a few, there's qu- several, quite a few bird species, but I- I'm not going to go over naming them all. Um, then there are also whale species, including the largest animal on the planet and it's all—it's actually the largest animal to have ever existed. Oh really? You know what it is?
1: The megalodon. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: Not the megalodon. The, bl- the blue whale. Blue whale. Good job. Uh, they hang around in the uh, Antarctic waters during the summer months. I've been really wanting to cover blue whales sometime. Yeah, that I, would be interesting. Uh, they don't—I mean—they don't attack people. But maybe like a maybe we could do a shorter bonus episode. We yeah. can do it on them sometime. I really—I really want to do that. Yeah. Like I have like an animal profile um, episode here and there, like where we animals that don't attack, like cheat, like a cheetah,
1: yeah,
0: some stuff like that. Maybe I don't know. Um, but do you want to know how big blue whales are? They can get up to ninety feet long, and weigh hundred and fifty tons. Wow! Uh, their tongue is the size of an elephant and weighs about oh. as much as an elephant. They're just oh my goodness. Um, and as you can probably imagine, they have the largest penis of any animal <laughs> <laughs> They're with an average length of around nine feet. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I don't even know about the girth or that, but that's just the length. <laughs> but uh, hopefully we can uh, cover. I want to cover blue whales sometime. So hopefully we can do that soon. Yeah. Uh, another whale that lives in Antarctica is the orca or killer whale. Oh, yeah. We all We all know what they are. And we will definitely cover gotta them. Gotta do an
1: episode on that. Yeah, one, we're yeah.
0: definitely going to cover them sometime too. They don't. I don't. They don't know if they have any. Like, I don't know of any attacks in the wild, but there's definitely some at like Sea and stuff like that. Yeah. So we could maybe. Yeah, I'd like to do an episode on orcas. Let's see. That's twice we've done that. So that's if you follow the rules of the game. That means you got to take two shots every time I say we're going to cover something. It's a shot. <laughs> um. Oh, here. Let me cover up this globe here. You're welcome. <laughs> so uh, here's something you didn't know, Dave. There are actually tiny invertebrates that live in Antarctica, too. So that means without us, oh. like teeny tiny, all of them are under like 13 millimeters in size. Huh. And there are 67 confirmed tiny species. Interesting. They, and they live a really strange lifestyle, too. When it's too cold, they like freeze themselves. When it's
1: too cold? What do you <laughs> mean by too cold? <laughs>
0: Well, when it's too cold, they freeze themselves. And when it gets warm, they then they start moving around. Hmm. Sometimes only moving around for a few hours before freezing again. Oh, wow. um
1: even though, <laughs> yeah. would you like to see that? So I'm talking with my buddy, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Frozen for two hours. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Reminded me of a SpongeBob. Right <laughs> here. Yeah.
0: But, um, even 30 years ago, it was thought nothing could live there in Antarctica. Mm. Uh, but these invertebrates uh, are have a special interest for scientists, and like, I think I mentioned this earlier. They believe studying them could help in knowing if there is life on Mars. Yeah, as part of it. Yeah. Also, there is some plant species that can survive in the northern islands and on the coast. Oh, really? Just some like mosses and algae. Oh, okay. No, like there's no trees or shrubs on the entire continent. So now let's move kind of to our random facts section. Okay. Or either I didn't have a place for this information earlier or I found it later on in my research. So currently there are many bases set up on the continent, like for uh, research stations. Uh, 40 different nations have a base there, over 80 bases in total.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, most of them are seasonally only in the summer, but some are actually year-round. Now, population in the summer months are at the high, with around four thousand people living there.
1: Wow, that's the that's like the high. <laughs> that's a uh, uh, that's a small town in Idaho. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: living there. Uh, yeah, four thousand people in the summer, and then in the winter it drops down to around one thousand people during the winter. Mm. And there, this is interesting. There is no official time zone in Antarctica. Uh, yeah. There's I no, guess I could
1: understand that. Nobody knows what time it is there uh, ever, I otherwise, guess. Otherwise, what would every kill in the summertime, when well, that thing spins? You wouldn't be able to tell. No. Uh,
0: so, yeah, there's no official time zone in Antarctica. Hmm. Nobody knows what time it is there, I guess.
1: <laughs> you don't need time there. <laughs> you just want to get out. <laughs> How long have I been here? No. Oh, don't worry, Bob. Just keep working. Just wait for that ship to show up. Uh, yeah. Uh, another big
0: thing for research there are meteorites. Oh, okay. Uh, in the dry areas, it's it's actually pretty easy to spot them because huh. snow hasn't covered it up. Okay, and you can still see the wreck, even even if it happened like thousands of years ago, possibly.
1: Oh, you know why they look for them there? The magnetic field differs on the poles, and so it's easier for them to get through. Okay. Yeah. Huh, okay, I see that. But the the first meteorite was found
0: in 1912. And then in 1969, a Japanese expedition found nine meteorites. So I guess that oh, was okay. I guess that's a big deal. But in 2015, um, there were reports of a, a mile <clears> or <throat> there were reports of a um, mile long uh, circular structure believed to be a crater. So they think it could have been a big like a big meteorite struck there. Oh really? Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's possible. A mile long one. Yeah, Uh, and so that would be huge. It was kind of yeah, it it is huge. So it was kind of recently discovered. So they're still researching and they don't know yet.
1: They don't know when it hit,
0: or that yeah, they don't know that much about it yet. So they're trying to figure it out. Um. So if you if you're a visitor there on Antarctica, sunburn is a big
1: problem for Mm. many
0: people. You know why? Well, yeah, because the the the, magnetic
1: field. (laughs) (laughs) No, really, it does. What do you mean? The magnetic field is part of the protection against the sun. Too. Okay, but it's all caused from the glare of the snow. Oh, that makes sense. Too. The snow
0: yeah. causes the sunburn, and it makes it difficult to see. Like sometimes, even here with the snow we've had, mm-hmm. I step outside and I my eyes they do funky things. I can't see that well in the in the bright sun. Yeah, summer. yeah. But uh, just like in the Arctic up north, Antarctica ex- is experiencing global warming. It it might not sound like it with kind of the stats I went over, but it it still, it is. Uh, And not not necessarily to the degree the Arctic is, but there is some things going on there. Hmm. Uh, The waters have increased about four degrees since the 1950s. Hmm. West Antarctica in particular has warmed up over the last decade, especially the peninsula region. And I didn't dive too deep into that, but there is still global warming going on. Uh, during the summer, these ba- some of the bases become like a tiny city. And there's always at least one doctor around. And if you plan on having an extended stay there, you're going to need to take your appendix out. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know exactly why, but there's... Some Maybe just because you don't have to do it there. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Maybe, yeah. It might be it. And my, my appendix I, feels I, funny. Well, <laughs> we don't have anybody here for you. <laughs> And I've also
0: heard that you need to, you want to have your wisdom teeth out, too. Oh, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And I, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know exactly why, but hmm. that seems to be the case. Um, and tourists do go there during the summer months. There are around 20,000 tourists a year there, actually. Gee. Uh, mostly from cruises. They normally just... A cru- cruise? Yeah, a cruise wow. yeah. They normally just visit a certain area where the tourists can see penguins. Oh, and okay. hang on the shores for a few hours, so they can claim that they were on the continent. Oh, okay. That kind of that's kind of what it is. Huh. Uh, but it's you know it still sounds cool. I'd do it if I could. I, I had a friend who did it, who did that oh, thing. Yeah? She um went to on a she left from Buenos Aires in Argentina, and mm-hmm. then they sailed down. I don't know exactly what, what parts, but I imagine in the in the peninsula area, oh, yeah. which is um, just below um, Argentina. So I imagine it's around there. <laughs> She said they saw some penguins and uh, pretty much did what I said. I just hung oh, out there no. for a few hours. And then they claimed they were on the continent. Nice. But yeah, I'd still do it if I could. So Dave, uh, I asked you to bring a little something about, uh, a little bit about, actually, first, uh, you, you had a buddy.
1: Yeah. That... Can you tell that story? Yeah, I had a buddy that went down to Antarctica. Um, he, he, um... Well, he works for a company that, uh, you know, he fixes ATM machines. And so there's, I think he said there's two ATM machines down there. And two it, ATM machines? Yeah. Funny, where you spend money, but, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, they've got a bar or whatever, little small city. Yeah, they've got a little, yeah, they, city, but, got little, little So they like need that. a little bit, I guess. So, yeah, they've got two ATM machines there. And I guess they get serviced once, uh, was it once every two years, something like that. And he got to be the one to go down and do it. Okay. So he went down you know there. Which station it was? it was? I I can't remember. But it was an it American was Mick, one. Mixed Yeah, they they fly the big, big huge military mm-hmm. cargo plane in, and it only doesn't come in that often. They have to make sure the ice can support it right. and all that. So they fly in there, and it lands in that little valley there. I want to, God, I have to ask him where what what it was, which station it was. But yeah. I remember you could look at, like they have cameras posted there and online, you can go online and just look at them, Mm -hmm. you know, and see what's going on in Antarctica. So you can kind of see the city. A lot of it, they've got, it kind of looks like the, well, uh, how do you say? Uh, I mean, they they do have something that may look like a few wood structures, but other than that, they've got like those scientific kind of things, you know? But yeah, yeah, he mentioned they have they have humidifiers in all those areas because there's no. So inside no the humidity. buildings they have yeah. humidifiers. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I could buy yeah. that. Yeah, and he but he says like a lot of people go down there and he's like cuz like you said there's 4,000 that was a population 4,000 4,000 the summer. And there it's like all people from all walks of life. He's like bankers go down, investments, <laughs> investment people, stock guys, whatever. They just yeah, well, Came down for a few months, you know, <laughs> yeah, and they're just helping out, volunteering with whatever they stuff needs to be done there, you know, mm. scientific studies or whatever, just so they can go to Antarctica yeah. and check it out. People but, want to just claim they've been to every continent
0: sometimes. Yeah. That's probably Antarctica is the toughest one to do. I oh, imagine. Yeah. He, he, he loved
1: it. but man, <laughs> it Wasn't he there for a long for time? Me. Yeah. This, the plane couldn't come back or something. There was a storm or something. So he was there over 20 days, I think it was. So he gets him. He can get a medal. A medal being there for over twenty medal days. You get for being
0: there for twenty days. Hey, yeah,
1: it's a crazy place. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I take a medal. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. And there's a there's one story I read. Um It's kind of a uh, more popular story, but there was a uh, two there was during the summer and the researchers and one guy was able to access Tinder.
1: <laughs>
0: and he actually found a date. Oh my God! It was just in the same camp, just like <laughs> a little funny. ways away, and then they met up, and I don't know if they
1: got a relationship. That must be out of awkward because it. it's a pretty small town. <laughs> it's a
0: small. Yeah, it's a pretty small community of people That's there. Funny, but yeah, he ended up getting a date through Tinder in Antarctica. <laughs> nice. And Tinder, Tinder really loved that story because they because they pushed it big time. Oh, did they yeah, nice. Like, even in Antarctica, our app works.
1: <laughs> Something to tell your grandkids. Yeah, Tinder kind
0: of sucks, I think. All right, did you did you look at anything to like the conspiracy aspect?
1: Yeah, I mean, mostly it's it's there's nothing really to solidify, and a lot of it, I mean, there's there's a lot of conspiracies that kind of make some have some sense to it, you know. These ones right. don't really, but there's no way to disprove them because it's, we yeah. don't
0: know enough about Antarctica. Yeah, we really don't. Like I've heard theories that there's pyramids there. Yeah, that's the big one. There's the pyramids. Pyramids there. They, they say there's pyramids. Ancient civilizations.
1: In uh, of course, if there's a pyramid, it's ancient uh, civilization. Yeah, yeah.
0: and or like hollow earth. You know uh, the, the hollow earth yeah. theory is where uh, there's uh, on both north and south pole you can go into. I think yeah. it was was it the movie um, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth or that book? Oh, I can't remember. I think that's they covered it in there. But yeah, the poles.
1: And yeah. It even went into the uh, the Predator versus a, aliens. versus oh, predator I, I got I got <laughs> that, I got <laughs> that okay. in our pop culture section. Okay, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, the the pyramid thing was a big thing, mainly because, um, you know, once people grab images of stuff like, oh, look, it's a pyramid, because oddly enough, maybe a mountain you can tell they Yeah, shaped like similar to. They one. have a lot of them that are that are shaped just like pyramids. I mean. It's crazy how accurate. Maybe they something are, with but the wind. Mountains. It, well, it's crazy because it looks exactly like it. You get all four sides with a point on the top. I mean, of course, there's some mountains where you get it, but you're yeah. like, oh, this slopes a little off. But some of these look perfect. Do they? Yeah, but it's but it's a mountain. Like you can tell it's a mountain. It's not brick together yeah. or anything. So, so it, that that's interesting how it how it does, did that, but how oh, nature could carve it out. Yeah, almost well, looking pretty that. pretty perfect, but. And then the snow, of course, when the snow—that's going to look even more perfect. Yeah, the snow covers it. But uh, that so there's conspiracies with that. But um, kind of back on the timeline stuff, and you know the ancient civilizations, and whatnot. Back on the timeline stuff, Antarctica has been on the South Pole for a million. Yeah, we're talking like over forty to sixty yeah, million you're years. About right. So it's hard to <laughs> hard to say, hey. Civilizations that yeah, that old? Mm.
0: Doubt we it. We haven't
1: found anything on the planet. Like dinosaurs that would were like, like that.
0: almost still around then.
1: Yeah. Well, what's interesting though is that, you know, when they talk about the global warming and all that, we're in an ice age. And we're going to come out of it, so the world will warm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just right now they're saying it's going really fast right yeah. now, which is crazy, but. Um, there were multiple ice ages in the time, so the, the polar's gets would bigger, melt and, and expand. So there were times when Antarctica is completely exposed because it's warm. Yeah, there's I, nothing. Maybe not. So maybe not completely, but at least a lot, maybe less than, or maybe exposed. No, more. it was it's complete, complete. Oh, well, maybe. Yeah, it was. There are times when there were no glaciers on the on the on the Earth. That's that very hits possible. those greenhouse times, where the dinosaurs lived. Right. And so it would be interesting to see if there were dinosaurs in that. Oh, sure. oh, I wouldn't, find, I wouldn't know? doubt
0: it. There's so got to be stuff there.
1: Yeah, but I mean, in those cases, I mean, we're talking that you know the Earth is hundreds of millions of years old. So who yeah, knows yeah. what else was there? It's a but huge timetable. Time that's, that's that would be, have to be saying that humans or or life, you know, humanoids type things or something, intelligence existed here millions, millions of, years, of years, ago. years ago. Yeah, I get you. You know, and it, you know. It, it could make a case if you're saying aliens somewhere out on another planet somehow made it. You never know that kind of All stuff. Right. But well, so we just it's it's just yeah. it's far fetched we have no idea. Yeah, we have there's, no, an, there's idea. no and neither does the ones that say there was life there. They don't have any yeah. idea either. Yeah. They've they've had a conspiracy on Nazis there. Oh yeah, for but, sure. And of course, with that hollow thing, they, they ran with that too. Is like, oh yeah, the Nazis took advantage of that. <laughs> they were <laughs> the Nazis are down in the earth it's right now. Funny. Yeah, it's. I mean, they did have, uh, um, I, I, there's not enough information on this stuff, but they did have, I guess, documents where, uh, you know, Hitler uh, talked about, they ha- you know, they have operations stuff set up, yeah. what they're going to do. And one of them is like Operation Ice something or something like that, where they were going to go take Antarctica, put a base there, you know, start to get it thriving and get going. And <laughs> the only way to do it is down, you know, in down the ice up, under yeah. the ground to get out of the cold. But There's no evidence that yeah. any of that ever happened. Yeah. There was um, in the 70s, there were, I can't remember
0: what country was trying to do it, but they were talking about having these big domes built on there to mm. support human life in there, like a biodome.
1: Yeah. So that I thought they did have some of those down there for scientists. I don't think they ever, I'm not sure if they ever
0: did or not, or at no. least not to the scale that they wanted to, the oh, they okay. could have people living there. Oh. But uh, let, let's move on. Let's, enough, okay. enough yeah.
1: conspiracies. <laughs> but yeah. uh, there's just frozen.
0: <laughs> let's go to pop culture right now. I don't know. I, there's a lot of, of, of so I'm only going to cover a f- few things, but um, there's a lot of documentaries that have been filmed and made in Antarctica. Obviously I j- was just watching one, uh frozen planet. It kind of, oh. and it's, it's like a uh, 2011. I think it was made, but it's on Netflix. Interesting. And it, t- it talks about North Pole and our Antarctica as well. Kind of switches between them. So you got to, Keep track oh, so you don't okay. get them mixed up. Uh, but yeah, that was I've, that was a pretty good one. And then, like you said, the most famous one is March of the Penguins. So that's the mm-hmm. one I can think of, which uh, captures the life of Emperor Penguins. Uh, it's narrated by Morgan Freeman, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, you, you, know it's, you know it's good. Yeah. Then there is the horror film by John Carpenter called The Thing. Oh, it made in 1982.
1: I think they made a remake of it a few years ago. I never saw either. I rem- didn't see the remake. I've seen the old one. Was that good? I saw it when I was older, like when i uh-huh. married, had kids. <laughs> I hadn't seen it until, you know, so in was the it last good? five six years. Was it good? Yeah, it was. Like it's it's old, so you're like, uh, you know, it's you know how old movies can yeah. be, you know. But no, it's. Because I mean, yeah, some of the special effects are like it's crazy, but it is pretty freaky. All right, they did a good job on that one. You should you should check that one out too. Okay, and I'll the have ending to check leaves, that a, one. leaves it leaves it kind of open. Okay, you gotta you have to see it. I'll have to check that one out then. But then
0: yeah. uh, then we have the science fiction film Alien versus Predator. Yeah,
1: yeah, I saw that. one, I saw too.
0: that one too. Oh, did you? Okay, I haven't seen it in years, but I thought it was pretty cool back in two thousand four. Yeah, when I was a teenager.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, it it doesn't have a a very good review. Oh, it doesn't (laughs) No, It sits at a 20% on rotten tomatoes. Oh, that's funny. I thought it got a cult following. I'm I'm sure that, yeah, you can still have 20% have a cult following. It kind of does have a cult following and there, there are several more things, but nothing, nothing else. I really recognized when going through it. There's, you know, some books, but I didn't recognize really anything. So I didn't add it. Um, so how about now, Dave, we enter our story section. Okay. Um, we're going to cover, a f- I'm going to cover mostly one story, but I'm going to add a few more things in there. So we're going to have some, we're going to have some death this week. Ooh. First, I'm going to quickly go over some accidents um, there, and then we'll get into our main story. The most deadly accident that happened in Antarctica is the tale of the ship called San Telmo. Hmm. In 1819, the San Telmo commanded by Captain... Joaquin de Tolita y Pará. Huh. That's another... What's up with all these captains having these stupid long names? Ew, this is uh, a fad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ship was a flagship of the Spanish Naval Squadron and was bound for Peru to reinforce colonial forces there fighting independence movements in Peru. Wow. So to get to Peru, you got to go all the way down. Yeah. Because you can't go through. Uh, So, yeah, in order to get to Peru, which is on the west side of South America and before the Panama Canal existed, Mm -hmm. in order to get to Peru, you had to go uh, travel in between the southern part of South America and the northern peninsula of Antarctica between a sea known as Drake's Pass, um, south of Cape Horn, which is like the lowest point right there. there. Severe weather hit the ship and sank it. In September Ooh. 1819, 644 officers, soldiers, and seamen died in the accident. Oh. this makes the first known people to die in Antarctica. Gee, parts of the wreckage were found months later by sealers, and there is now an island named San Telmo after or after the ship on the peninsula. Ah. Ooh, that sounds like a horror movie waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, you'd probably, if, if you probably if you got sent into those waters, you'd probably die pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. um, the second most deadly accident to happen on the continent is New Zealand Flight 901. Hmm. It was a sightseeing flight back in 1979, which held 237 passengers and 20 crew members. The flight would leave Auckland Airport in New Zealand... And fly over Antarctica for a few hours, then return to Auckland. But the flight would not return because it crashes into Mount Erebus. Oh wow! The the mountain one. Remember the mountain? Yeah. The volcano. Yeah. Uh, it's believed to be due to pilot error, but all passengers and crew died.
1: Oh no!
0: There are there are more accidents. Uh, most being plane crashes and a few other shipwrecks, but those two killed by far the most people. Hmm. But uh, let's get into our main story. This, um, it's kind of the most notable tragedy in Antarctica history. This story is called the Terra Nova Expedition. And so in order to tell the story, we need to use a certain machine of ours, Dave. Ooh. And that is... The time machine, Mm -hmm. sometime, somewhere. That's right, the good old time machine, and we are going back to 1911. Now let's meet a man, a British explorer named Robert Falcon Scott. Mm. (laughs) That's pretty. That's a tough guy's name, right? Yeah, Falcon. (laughs) Not too long. (laughs) Not, Not too long on this one. So he and his crew embarked on an ambitious expedition to Antarctica, aiming to explore. Conduct scientific studies, but most of all, to become the first person to reach the South Pole. Hmm. He really wanted to be the first person, but he had some he had some competition. There was also a Norwegian team led by explorer Roald Amundsen, who around the same time was trying to be the first person to reach the South Pole. So it's like a race to the South Pole between Mm. these two guys. After securing the funding, Scott and his crew, aboard the Terra Nova ship, set off to Antarctica. In January 1911, the ship made landfall on the Ross Ice Shelf. You know, that's right here.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Once there, the party unloaded sled dogs, ponies, motorized sledges, which are like sleds. Kind of what you would picture like Santa Claus having as a sled. Motorized, yeah. Huh.
1: How'd they get motorized? Well,
0: they I mean, well, they had cars back then. They could figure mm-hmm. something out. Uh, and they have a prefabricated fifty by twenty five wooden hut. So they set up a base camp, and while they were setting up, the first officer of the Terra Nova then sailed east to carry out research on a nearby island. On their way back they ran into the Nor- Norwegian team and Amundsen literally Yeah.
1: no they literally they ran crashed? into a, no, no okay not a crash oh, okay. but
0: they, they they ran into oh, Okay the the two parties exchanged pleasantries and then uh, hastened back to camp to tell Scott that his rival had arrived
1: Ooh.
0: Though dismayed by this development Scott decided to proceed as planned and began Laying supply depots uh, further into the interior of the continent in preparation for the for their push to the pole. This is a the timeline's actually bigger than you think. It's like a two-year thing oh, that we're wow. doing right here. And uh, so the mission encountered or the, yeah, the mission encountered complications almost immediately. They were held up by blizzards and the ponies were who Performed much worse than expected. Oh my goodness! As, as you can imagine, yeah, uh, they began weakening and dying. Only two of the eight ponies survived the first depot laying mission. So they would. So this depot laying mission, they would. Um, they'd go out to lay supp- lay down supplies in, in strategic points mm-hmm. for their, and then they'd come back, and then they're going to spend the rest of the winter. And then they're gonna when they go to the South Pole, they're gonna use those supply depots. Okay. That sense. Yeah. So when um, April rolls around is when winter is there. The team spends the next few months there planning the journey to the pole. So they like spend the winter there wow. in like this wooden hut. Jeez. The twenty five men, twenty five of them, uh, hunkered down, passing time with lectures, scientific studies. And the occasional soccer match. <laughs> uh, they try to do anything to just not go insane. Yeah, which is a thing in Antarctica. There's—I can't remember the name of it, but it's like a condition. The Shining.
1: No, <laughs> <laughs>
0: but people have been known to go insane there. See. So during the winter, the men had to deal with hurricane-force winds and temperatures as low as negative seventy-seven degrees. Ugh. Then, when spring finally came up, Scott laid out his plan to reach the South Pole. An initial party of 16 men would set off carrying supplies with the motor sledges, uh, the two ponies that still were alive, and a bunch of dogs. Then members of the party would turn back at specified locations until a final group of five men including Scott, would go for the South Pole. Does that make sense? Yeah. So each each location, they'd send somebody back.
1: Yeah. That'd be funny if, you know, someone's setting supplies for someone else to make it to the pole. So that'd be funny if one of the guys setting the supplies, he's all, don't you dare cross that pole. Set the supplies 10 feet from it. And he just goes up while he's setting the supplies. I did it. <laughs> goes back to the pub. I'm the first one. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> All right, so they, they set out on October 24th, 1911. And they've been there since January. Oh my goodness. It's going to get worse. Uh, the sledges broke down after only 50 miles. Ugh. The motorized sledges. So they had to adjust their wow. plans. and Must then have use, been Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> they had to adjust their plans and use the dogs to push the sleds. On January 3rd. 1912, the last of the team and the dogs were sent back. They finally reached that point. Uh So Scott selected four others to join him to reach the South Pole. The other four men who joined him were Dr. Edward Wilson, Lawrence Oates, Henry Bowers, and Edgar Evans. Hmm. They push for two weeks. Then on January 16th, they spotted something. A black flag, fluttering with a note attached, oh. left by a Munson. A had beaten them to the South Pole by a month. Oh man! I wish I I wish I could find what it said on there. Like, ha, oh, suck it! I won. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a had reached it. Um, Scott and his four men then reached the South Pole the very next day. And Scott actually kept a diary during this time, and to get an idea about how he kind of felt, I got a quote from it. Okay. The Pole. Yes, but under very different circumstances from uh, those expected. Great God, this is an awful place and terrible enough for us to have labored to it without the reward of priority. Well, it is something to have got there.
1: <laughs>
0: so he doesn't sound too happy that he wow. wasn't the first one there
1: Yeah,
0: but he's like yeah we got there at least <laughs> so not the triumph they had envisioned coming in second place but you know what? they still completed their mission
1: Yeah.
0: they then turned around and headed back the way they came so three months of traveling to get to the south pole um, just to turn right back around Oh, wow. They they crossed um, the polar plateau with relative ease, but began to struggle when they got to the Beardmore Glacier. Evans suffered severe frostbite and other injuries. He collapsed and died as they neared the bottom of the glacier on February 17th. So keep the dates in mind. Okay. So February 17th, he dies. That's already been a year. From the very first time they got there, yes. But they've been on this journey to the South Pole since October. Since late October. Um, The surviving four men proceeded to a supply depot where they had planned to rendezvous with the dog teams, but the dogs never showed. Frostbite and gangrene in Lawrence Oates' feet slowed the team down. By March 17th, He had lost the use of his hands as well, and he knew he was slowing everyone down. Now, while the team huddled in their tent, Oates told the others, I am just going outside and maybe sometime. He stepped outside to his death. I guess he was like sacrificing himself. What did he, so what did he do? He went and stepped outside and kept walking until he collapsed. And he was already having gangrene and, uh, frostbite, so it probably didn't take him long. Gee, but he, they, they think he did. The, he did that to sacrifice himself, so they wouldn't have to wait for him. Oh wow! So Scott Bowers and Wilson pressed on, growing more sickly by the day. On March twentieth, just eleven miles from the next supply depot, there was a ferocious blizzard. And on March 29th, Scott recorded his final diary entry. So that's nine days that they were stuck in this one place. All
1: right.
0: So this is his uh, final diary entry. Every day we have been ready to start for our depot 11 miles away. But outside the door of the tent, it remains a scene of whirling drift. I do not think we can hope for any better things now. We shall stick it out till the end, but we are getting weaker. Of course, and the end cannot be far. Gee. It seems a pity, but I do not think I can write more. Our Scott last entry and then he ends it by saying, "For God's sake, look after our people." I don't really know what he meant oh. on that part, but yeah. it's pretty like last entry, like he, he pretty he knows he's going to die right now. Crazy. And back at camp, others made numerous attempts to search for the lost party. But uh, with the blizzard and it now being April, winter is coming and pretty much there. Oh, wow. So they have to hunk down. These last guys at the base have to hunk down for the entire winter at the base camp, not knowing what happened to their partners. Oh, wow. It wasn't until November they finally find the bodies of the three men. Oh, wow. And that is the sad tale of the Terra Nova Expedition. Gee. Pretty interesting, crazy. I, haven't, yeah. well, I think it's crazy that they were there for so long. Like yeah. those dates that I read off, there was a lot of gaps, like month-long gaps in those things. So they were trekking. They were just tre- walking. Gee, yeah. Like, walking to the South Pole. Sounds yeah. terrible.
1: <laughs> that is, yeah, that's crazy. Hey, but, what if that's where they got the... the the uh, idea from the thing, you know, <laughs> you guys just go crazy, but they weren't really crazy. <laughs>
0: Possibly, but Dave, that is going to wrap up the episode. I uh, hope you and everyone enjoyed that story. Yeah, that was. Did good. you like that one?
1: Yeah,
0: and hope you. I hope everyone learned some cool new things about Antarctica. Like, don't go there. <laughs> well, it would be cool to do the the Taurus thing for a minute or two yeah. and if you're doing scientific research it could be cool to do but don't be like uh, Scott in the Terra Nova <laughs> now I know this episode was a bit different and we're short on animal stuff but I think it was I still think it was fun and I wanted to I wanted to teach people some cool things about the forgotten continent and, yeah. so I hope everyone learned some, yeah, some it's still things. nature you know yeah it's still it's still a force of nature we talked about yeah. Yeah. Antarctica is a whole force of nature on its own yeah but next week we will actually still be in Antarctica and because we are going to do a solo episode on the leopard seal Ooh. which was going to be a really cool one too. Nice. It's going to be a good episode. I got a, I know of a, at least two or three stories that we're going okay. to be able to share. And they're they're a really cool animals as well. Uh now I want to give a shout out to a listener of ours named Previn. He is a listener all the way from India. Ooh. Uh, he messaged us on Facebook and even downloaded uh, the CastBox app just to give us a review. Nice. Uh, and he had some very nice things to say about the show and about us. So uh, thank you very much, Pravin. That's really cool of you. We really appreciate it. Previn! <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot we do that. <laughs> All right. So uh, other than that, we don't have any other shout outs, but Pravin, thank you. Um, so make sure... So what you can do to get a shout-out is all you got to do is go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars, say something you like about the show. And if you don't use iTunes, then use whatever platform you use and give us a review there, or even go to our Facebook page and leave us one there. And that's what Pravin did. So um, it really helps us on the business end of things. So please, it only takes 30 seconds, so please do that if you can. And also, if you want to be an even more awesome person, you can. And you can become a more awesome person by leaving a little donation to us. That would be more than wonderful. Uh, I, worked, I worked really hard on this episode. If we have to put it – normally we try to put things out on Wednesdays. If we have to put it out on a Thursday, it's because it took me a long time. It took me <laughs> longer than I expected to do. Like today, we're putting this out on a Thursday. But I, I work really hard on uh, putting these together. So any money and any money sent, we'll, we'll just go back to the podcast anyway. There's some books I want to get so I'll make my research better for future episodes. So by donating, you'll just be helping to improve the show. And it would be really awesome if you could do that. The way you can do that is on PayPal. You can find us by our email, forceofnaturepod at gmail.com, or you could go to my personal account on Venmo, Matthew-Hamilton-51. And this is all on the description below, so you don't have to remember it. But, yeah, that would be more than awesome, wouldn't it, Dave? Yeah. Now, also, remember, if you or someone you know has a cool animal-related story you'd like to share, and maybe we can share the story on the pod. Or if you just want to communicate with us, ask us a question, suggest an episode idea, feel free to do it at any time. Uh, You can just email us, or you can do it on our Facebook page. And also, uh, recommend the show do your best to recommend the show to family and friends. Help, uh, just to help build us up. Tell them we are on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all the ones we need to be on. Oh, that's always the hardest part. <laughs> I gotta I go rapid fire on there. But, uh, any Dave, do you have anything to add? No, I'm good. All right, how about you, Colonel Cheetor?
1: Man, Antarctica,
0: cold. You're right, it is cold there. Mm-hmm. I don't recommend you go. <laughs> uh, this is Force of Nature Podcast. Thank you for... L- for joining us tell your friends be a part of building us up and we will see you next week bye